So we finally watched Jojo Rabbit. You know, the Taika Waititi film? And, you know, the comedy about Hitler? It is really good. And it shows the lie of nationalism, racism, and all the isms in a beautifully wonderful, simple way that hopefully anyone could understand. But I doubt that they will, because this is America, and we don't learn lessons. So let's talk about Jojo Rabbit on today's episode of Project Shadow. Hello everyone, how are you doing today? My name is Charlie, you might know me better as sci-fi fantasy writer C.E. Dorset. And yeah, today we're talking about Jojo Rabbit and nationalism and racism, you know, light topics, which I, I say that half as a joke, but half as this, this movie really shows that they are a joke that are unfortunately taken way too seriously. But before we get into all that, if you haven't already, please do take a moment to rate this podcast on whatever app you're listening to me on. And if the app that you're listening to me on doesn't allow you to rate things, Maybe share it on your social media. Help me uh, get the word out that I'm doing this. All right, Jojo Rabbit. What what can I say about this movie other than Ta- Taika Waititi is a mad genius? Just just a mad genius because when when you first hear, like I remember when I first heard a summary of what this movie was going to be about. It's going to be a, a a dark comedy set in Nazi Germany about a little boy whose imaginary best friend is Adolf Hitler. And I just went, what now? What, what are you doing? What, how, what? But in, in some mad dash to, of of just sheer and utter brilliance. I mean, you can hear me stuttering and I'm leaving that in because yeah, (laughs) The, the brilliance that it takes to pull off a story like this in a way that works the way that this one does is just, it's, it's mind boggling. It's, it's very funny. It's very dark. It's sad at moments. It has a little bit of everything in it. It works really well. The, the use of musical cues is so perfect in a way that they're not just there for like nostalgic pop. They're there for impact to show you what is really going on and how this all works. So I, I really don't feel like I can talk too much about this movie without going into spoilers other than to say it's really good. You should watch it. And it's why nationalism, racism, and most of those islamisms should go away. And why fascism is just a joke because it's a joke. So I'm just going to go into spoilers a lot earlier than I normally do. It's a good movie. If you haven't seen it, go watch it. Come back. We'll talk. If you don't want to know anything that happens in Jojo Rabbit, go watch it. Go watch it now. Spoilers are incoming in five, four, three, two, one. Okay, the one thing that people don't really understand about the Nazis 
is that they were a bunch of idiotic cosplayers who ended up killing 13 million people and destroying countries wherever they went. That, that, that's, the, that's the dark secret truth of the Nazis. They did Aryan cosplay. They created a fictitious group of people, a fictitious history for them. It, it's bad fanfic that tried to take over the world. And nobody, nobody gets that. Like from the Twilia Society on down to the Nazis and the SS, like all that they were was bad fan fiction. They wanted to feel better about not feeling better. So they made up a fake past. They made up a fake history. They made up a fake lineage. They then started making up everything that they could to fake it. Their history they, they truly didn't understand the mythology that they were pulling on or any of the other elements that they were using. They were cosplayers for really bad fan fiction that somehow took over a country and tried to take over the world. And Jojo Rabbit is one of the few movies I have ever seen that takes the Nazis seriously on their own terms. And I don't think... You could have gotten away with explaining Nazism to people that way if they didn't do it through the eyes of a child, because it's all about cosplay. So much of the story of this movie revolves around what people are wearing and how they wear them, that it really drives the point home. The whole idea of uniforms and costumes and costumery and the posters on the wall and the mad screaming crowds and just the blind obedience. And it, it uh, one would like to say that this is a point of sheer insanity that the world will never go to again, but it does it all the time. But usually it's not dangerous when people go went crazy about one direction or Justin Bieber or BTS or whatever the flavor of the month is. It's not dangerous because they're generally speaking a boy band and they're going to put out some albums and they're going to have some music-ish content on them. And sometimes they actually have music on them and they're going to make people scream. They're going to make people dance. People are going to fall in love and then it's over and we go on to the next thing. And that's usually how this works. The problem is every now and then, this natural instinct that we have as human beings to just fall in love and get crazy in love with something gets misused and misappropriated for other things. And that's what fascism is. That's what nationalism is. Nationalism is this idea that my country is the greatest country that has ever countried in the history of countries. But it's not. It's a country that has countried in the way that most other countries have countried in the history of countries. It's not special. Nobody's country is special. And I know I'm going to get pillied for saying that in the United States because our whole thing is manifest destiny and the fact that we're the greatest. But we're a country. We're a country like any other. But nationalism just ramps that up to its nth degree. Because there's a difference between patriotism and nationalism. Patriotism is loving your country. And I love my country. I do. But I'm not a nationalist. Because that's crazy. <laughs> It, it really seriously is. Because nationalism 
is fandom gone wrong? Nationalism is nationalism is to patriotism what Gamergate is to being a fan of video games. It's a bunch of crazed people doing crazed things because a mob got incited to do it. And that's what we see in Jojo Rabbit, where we see this kid, this poor kid who has been brainwashed by the Hitler youth and has Adolf Hitler as his imaginary friend. And we witness him cosplaying with his friends, going to camp to pretend to be soldiers because they will eventually be used as soldiers. I don't know how many people of you know how World War II ended, but they literally gave weapons to the Hitler youth. It'd be like if during World War II we went, why don't we just grab up all the Boy Scouts and send them out to shoot people? Yeah, it's crazy. You don't do that with kids. You've seen child soldiers as stupid and dangerous and reckless and mean and cruel and vicious. But they did that. They did that. And we actually see that happen in the movie. And the 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 innocence of the kids, like they're playing games. They're as serious about it as, you know, kids can sometimes get really serious about the games that they play. And they're serious about it, but they don't really understand the ramifications until stuff gets real, until the allies actually show up and everything hits the fan. But for Jojo, he starts realizing earlier, and his story is so interesting. And to see it play out in this, in this way where it really highlights what these things are, that they are insane fan movements that should be seen as such. You see, we have this tendency to think that nationalism or fascism or racism are just natural things that grow out of people, but they're not. They're not any more natural than Bieber fever was, or that the BTS craze is, or whatever the current K-pop band is, because I can't keep up because I'm not a big fan of K-pop. But (laughs) they're not natural. They're manufactured. There are marketing companies involved. There's a lot of work that goes into creating that kind of hysteria, all the way back to the Beatles. And to unmask it and show it as that unnatural thing is a stroke of brilliance that we need right now, especially while fascism is trying to rise up again all over the world. Getting to see it as what it is, this crazy cult of personality, this odd fandom that has gone crazy to the point where it's actually affecting the real lives of people who are not a part of it. So I could go through a lot of different points in this story and highlight where Jojo's changes come in, where he starts learning to see through everything. And yes, it starts when he gets the nickname, Jojo Rabbit, because he's told to kill a rabbit and he can't kill the rabbit. And the guy kills the rabbit in front of him and then starts making fun of him and starts calling him Jojo Rabbit. And then we get the weird pep talk from Hitler telling him to be the rabbit because rabbits are brave because they're running around with all these critters that were wanting to destroy them, but they're brave enough to get out there anyway. And it's a funny and kind of touching moment and something that Adolf Hitler would never have said. But we see it growing from there. 
we see him getting injured in one of the most tragically funny ways where he throws a grenade and it bounces back and blows up on him. And fortunately, it doesn't kill him, just leaves him scarred. And of course, because this is a an insane, an insane, a crazy, a, a just mind-bogglingly insane cosplay movement, well, he's got scars now, so he's not perfect. So he can't be awesome. <laughs> really? Yeah. The, because it's all about image. And see, that's the easiest way to see through all this, is it's all about image and panache and fiction and fake stories. He's got scars on his face. Well, wouldn't it prove that he is actually superior because he survived a grenade detonating at his feet? See, to me, that shows a lot more strength than being able to just lob them at other people and kill them. But of course, this is an this is a movement that cares all about imagery and iconography, and his face is blemished now, and thus he cannot be perfect. And so we don't need him anymore. We can just kind of discard him. And we see him treating himself like a monster, other people treating him like a monster, because he no longer fits the image. He's no longer cosplaying correctly. Because see, on the posters, nobody has scars. He has scars. Therefore, he's not wearing the cosplay right. And then, of course, he finds the Jew living in the walls. And their relationship is sweet and funny. And he really does deserve to be slapped at the end. He really he, he, he earned that slapping that he gets. But in the process, he learns that he is a human that he's not this this fictive character this aryan master race that all people are human and he has to go through a lot to get there he has to see his mother die he has to see his mother be hung for treason obviously because she was passing out flyers and they didn't know about the jew in the attic or they would have killed her too but that's implied but you, that image of him holding his mother's feet and trying to tie her shoes, because that's a whole thing through the whole thing, is he, he can't tie his own shoes. And he tries to tie her shoes, and he's so upset, and he just holds on to her feet as she hangs there, because she dared to question the fan fiction. And I don't want you to think that like I'm attacking fan fiction or anything like that. I'm not. Fan fiction is good, important, and fun. But that is what's going on here. That's what this propaganda is. It's mandated fan fiction, because it has nothing to do with reality. And she was trying to bring some dose of reality into the world, and that could not... No. The greatest threat to a liar is the truth. And she was trying to bring the truth into the world, and they could not have it. And so, of course, she has to die. And the movie doesn't have a happy ending. It has the semblance of a happy ending. But we never find out what happened to any of our characters after the war. What happened to them? Did they starve? Did they find homes? Did they make it? And that's part of the beautiful intentionality of this work. That it leaves you with questions. It shows you the just bizarre, strange nature of the world that these people lived in 
and the torturous, torturous lengths that they went through in their own minds to justify the propaganda, the lies that they had decided to agree with and to believe. And we see this today in our own world. I mean, I'm not, I don't want to make this political, but we can see this in our own world very clearly and very easily because everything is political. But I don't want to call people out because I don't want to get into a fight. But you know who I'm talking about. Um, at least I hope you do. We have a problem with believing these stories, believing that anyone is great or better or more important or higher. And we need more movies, more entertainment. Because this is the thing, this could have been really preachy, and to, to its credit, that's the one most powerful thing. Like, I can't, because we have a clean tag on the show, I can't say how the movie ends. But the ending is so beautiful, poignant, and hilarious. I'm, I'm talking about what happens to Hitler in the kitchen. Um, it's so funny. But it lingers with you, because that that's the answer. You just have to say F you Hitler and kick him out the window because we don't need you here. No one's better than anybody else. Nobody's more important than anybody else. Stop, stop believing the lies. Stop believing the propaganda. There are no great people. There are only people. You know, we need more stories like that because it's so easy to fall into this great man myth. And to see something that can do it without being preachy and be funny, while at the same time being tragic and dark, there, there, there's an amazing amount of brilliance to the work. And it really is something that we need. Because I understand what it's like to want somebody to come and save you. I understand what it's like to want somebody to come in from the outside and just make everything better. Just make it better. At least make it good. Make it not suck anymore. Make it not as bad as it feels like it's going to be. Perfectly natural feelings. Don't fault anybody who has them. But to lose yourself into blind faith and obedience into any person or institution that claims to offer you that, that's dangerous. That's risky. And that will always lead to heartache. And Taika Waititi and the brilliant and beautiful cast of this movie. Like, even Rain Wilson is good in this movie. And don't get me wrong, I, I like her over-the-top rainness that she brings to most roles, but she's much more subdued in this movie. And I, I liked it. She was good. It worked. It was perfect. The, the, the acting worked. The story worked. But more than the story, I, I really want the message of this film to get out. That we shouldn't have this blind obedience. That, yeah, it can be fun to cosplay and go into the woods and pretend to be somebody else for a while. But in the end, we come back to our real lives. We have to come back to our real lives. We can't pretend that the stories, that the propaganda are true. The fanfic is fun. It's a thought experiment. It's not the answer to life, the universe, and everything. Because we all know the answer is 42. 
And the question that's being answered is how many roads must a man walk down before he can be called a man? <sighs> yeah. It's a beautiful movie. If you haven't seen it, definitely see it. I don't think I spoiled it too bad if you continued through having not seen it. Alrighty. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did and you haven't already, please do rate it if you are capable of doing so. If you have any questions, comments, or topics you'd like to hear discussed on the show, down in the show notes, you'll find a link to the voice message system. Keep it short, keep it clean. I would love to hear from you. If you'd rather hit me up on social media, I am C. Dorset on both Twitter and Instagram, and you can find links to everything that I do over at projectshadow.com. Yeah, if you have a buck or any money that you can spare to help out, down in the show notes, you'll find a link to both my Patreon and the community and the listener support. Anything that you can do would be greatly appreciated, but I understand times are tough for everybody right now. If you don't have any money, well, thank you to everybody who already does that. If you don't have any money right now or you don't feel like giving, that's perfectly all right. But if you know somebody you think would like this show, share it. That helps more than you know. Getting people to know that the show exists is the biggest battle I fight on a daily basis. Alrighty, I think that's it. There's a lot of crazy stuff going on in the world. I hope you are well. I hope your family is well. I hope your friends are well. And until next time, don't forget to have the fun. Bye.